Ladies and gents, I've got an incredible guest on the line today, and you are in for an absolute treat. My awesome friend and client, Carissa Hollaby, and I'm going to get straight into a little bit of an intro on her. Now, Carissa's a former machinery technician in the US, Coast Guard for 12 years, and currently she's the logistic manager of Ashigaru Defense. And she's also a student going through Mark Sisson's Primal Health Coach Institute program to become a health coach. And she's a mother of three wonderful children. And to be honest, it's been an absolute pleasure to coach Carissa over the past 90 days. And it's been one hell of a journey. And we're going to discuss, you know, the ins and outs of Carissa's journey and give you more of an insight into who she is. She's got a really, really inspiring, fascinating story as well. But uh, how are you doing over there today, my friend? Anyway, I'm doing great. How are you doing, Martin? Doing really, really good. Really, really good. Always good to see your face. Yeah, it's great. I'm glad to glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. And she's even got a, a Yeti. I knew she meant business because she even brought a Yeti mic today. I just saw, wow, she's got the same mic as me. This woman's not messing around. Hey, I, like I said, I've had it for a while. I didn't buy it for this, but I just have had no reason to use it. So I'm very excited to use it for the first time. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. But yeah, so obviously I just literally in a in a nutshell just explained, you know, a bit more of a background on yourself. But yeah, in your words, I mean the audience, a lot of the audience are already interested in who you are. They've already messaged me a few times and stuff like that. So yeah, just tell us a bit more about yourself, if you wouldn't mind, my friend. Yeah. So right now I'm the logistics manager for Ashigaro Defense, like you said. So it's a firearms tactics school that my husband runs, and then I run all the manager stuff for it. And I'm a mother of three. Uh, wonderful children. And I have had quite a journey in my life as far as health and fitness. And I ended up stumbling upon you. But I mean, it's a it's a pretty big story. It's a journey that I'm willing to share. If you want me to go real deep, it could be the short, you know, the short version or the long version. But I've never told anybody the long version, if, if that's what you want. That would be absolutely awesome. If you're happy to share that. I mean, I know a lot of your story. But I'm really, really intrigued because your story is fascinating and how much you've evolved as a person and what you've actually been through and overcame is going to be beyond this inspiring. So you can share as much as you as you want to share, my friend. All right. Well, um, in that case, I guess we could start with my first child. So it's 2013. I had my first son and I am in the military. So I'm in the U.S. Coast Guard at the time. And he uh, he had a great birth. There was no issues with him. Perfect, you know, perfect kid. Couldn't really ask for anything better, but I had gained quite a bit of weight. It was my first time really struggling with weight because obviously when you're in the military, they want you to stay a certain, you know, they want you to stay a certain size. So they have a weight limit and my weight limit was 145 pounds. And by the time I was done with my first pregnancy, I was like, I think I was like 185 pounds after I had had the baby. And so that was the biggest that ever been for the first time. And I was like, okay, I need to lose weight. Right. And so that was my first time ever actually like dieting or trying to lose weight or get uh, healthy in some way. But I wouldn't really say I was trying to get healthy. I was more of just trying to get skinny for the military. And so I went on an 800 calorie plan. So I was eating 800 calories a day and I was doing chronic cardio and it worked. I, I look back now and realize I wrecked my metabolism, but within four months I had gotten down to the 145 pounds. So, uh, you know, I went down from 
you know, 185 to 145 in the four months needed. Cause at the time it was, you had a six month cutoff. You had six months to lose the weight. And so I was pretty proud of myself. And then I just stuck around probably 1200 to 1400 calories for the rest of the time, just to maintain that. So I hardly ate, I was eating an ultra processed food type diet. And what I mean by ultra processed is, you know, typical chips and, you know, microwavable meals. You know what I mean? You go and you get the easy microwavable, this is healthy, you know, 400 calorie type meals. And I lived on that and maintained my weight, but that was a struggle because I always felt like I was starving, you know, but the military was happy. And then, so I had my second son in 2016. And once again, when I was pregnant, I gained a bunch of weight again. And it was one of those things where when I had my son, it didn't go as well. So my first son, you know, his birth was perfect. My second son, he wanted to come into the world kicking and screaming, <laughs> I guess you could say. <laughs> so, so the short story about my son is he was without oxygen for eight minutes. So he got stuck in the birth canal. A lot of people might not know this, but when the baby comes out, head is supposed to be pointed down towards like the ground and his head was facing up. So that's not supposed to happen. It's called being sunny side up. And the doctor didn't know that was the case. And so he was deprived of oxygen for eight minutes, which caused brain damage. And so he was having seizures when he came out and we didn't know what was wrong. So he was rushed to the NICU and he got an MRI done and we were pulled aside by the doctor into like a little room all by ourselves. And uh, the doctor said to me and my husband, so it's a lot of brain damage and we don't know what's going to happen, but it's probably one of the worst cases we've ever seen. And we were shocked and surprised because the pregnancy had gone well and we weren't expecting this. So there's nothing wrong with the pregnancy. It was, it was literally just the laboring part of it that had, you know, hurt him. And um, so we said, well, what parts of the brain, right? Because different parts, you know, control different parts of your body or, you know, your emotions and stuff. And he had said that the, the frontal cortex was the most damaged, which is the part where you make decision making and you read, you write, and you have emotions. So you can feel happiness or sadness or any, you know, any type of emotion you can think of. And I remember being in the NICU and I don't, I don't believe in God, <laughs> or at least I didn't. I do now at the time in the NICU, I, I didn't. And I ended up praying to God. So it's kind of funny how you will change <laughs> based on what's happening in your life. And I said, you know, I don't expect him to be a race car driver. You know, he doesn't need to be, you know, an astronaut or a football player. I just want him to be able to feel something. I want him to be able to look at a sunset and smile. I want him to be able to go down a slide at a playground and laugh. I want him to be, you know, mad if his brother steals his favorite toy. Like, I just want him to be able to experience life. And we didn't know what was going to happen. So I fell into a pretty deep depression after he had left the hospital and we brought him home because we can't find out or know how bad the damage was until we watch him grow up. And that's hard because now it's a waiting game. You're not just told, you know, we're told we'll see what happens, right? These are the parts of the, the brain that are damaged, but the brain isn't a, a miraculous thing and the neurons can grow and connect and we'll see what happens. So I had already been overweight and I wasn't really concentrated on losing it at that point, just because 
you know, I was going through a lot with my son. I was very stressed out. And the soonest we could find out if he had cerebral palsy, which was the diagnosis that they were expecting him to have, but weren't sure was nine months old. So for nine months, I watched his milestones and he wasn't hitting any of them. So he wasn't, you know, rolling over at two months old, like a baby should. He wasn't smiling at 12 weeks, like a baby should. And it took a lot out of me. Meanwhile, the military is telling me, Hey, have you lost weight yet? Have you lost weight yet? Have you lost weight yet? And I'm like, okay, I guess I should probably, you know, take care of myself. So I was really depressed, but I knew that I had to do something as far as losing the baby weight, right? I was about 200 pounds at that point. And I was like, well, I lost it before, you know, eating 800 calories and doing excessive cardio. Let's try it again. I tried it and it, it was not working. I think I lost like 20 pounds and then I just stalled out. My body was just like, no, you're not losing any more weight. That was the first time I found keto. Now, this wasn't true keto. <laughs> this was like the ultra processed, dirty keto, right? This is like the crap keto. But I went on it and it was working and I was losing weight. We got we get to about a year after he was born and I still hadn't lost all the weight even though I was doing keto and everything, I still had like 25 pounds left to go. And I, I was explaining to my supervisor, you know, in the military, I'm, I'm working on it. I understand I'm going to have to be put on the weight program because they have a program where if you don't lose weight within a year of having a baby, you get put on this program. And, uh, you know, he told me, you know, my kid having cerebral palsy, because now at this point, we're a year past when he was born, you know, so he had been diagnosed at nine months with cerebral palsy. He told me I need to get over it. My supervisor did. And I had a kind of a breaking point at that point because I felt misunderstood and I felt alone. Like nobody understands what I'm going through. A lot of people don't have special needs children. I understand that. So, but being that I was like in the middle, in the midst of it, I kind of had a nervous breakdown and I actually um, ended up going to the Mayo Clinic in the United States. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a really good hospital in the US. And I voluntarily went ahead and, and went there for a week to see like what I could do to get better. I was having suicidal thoughts and I was extremely depressed. And it was there that I was diagnosed with PTSD from my son's birth, which would explain why I was so depressed and having such a hard time that year. But it was also kind of a turning point because it helped give me the tools that I needed and a different outlook on life. It's where I learned about gratitude. They really push gratitude at the Mayo Clinic. It's kind of funny how they do that. And it changed my mindset on how I should be looking at my son's life. So, you know, I lost a relationship that I could have had with him the day he was born because his brain was injured. But at the same time, there was a possibility there for a brand new relationship. And that's what I was taught there. So I left the Mayo Clinic with a new outlook and a new perspective, but they also put me on SSRIs. And so I get out and I'm put on the weight program with the Coast Guard. And they said, okay, you need to log all your food. Does this sound familiar, Martin, logging your food? Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Right? Okay. So either like you need to log all your food for the next three months, you need to log all of your workouts. And so I did. I, I was working out on the elliptical. The elliptical is my favorite machine because it's the easiest machine. Let's face it. If you don't feel like doing cardio, where's everybody go? They go to the elliptical, right? And so I went to the elliptical for an hour, two hours a day. 
and I was eating anywhere from 800 to 1400 calories a day. Sometimes I would just eat 800 calories and then I would get on the elliptical and be like, I'm going to burn that 800 calories. It'll be like, I ate nothing. So I was doing that. And within three months, I lost zero pounds. How does that happen? So I went to the doctor and they said, well, let's see your logs. Right. And the doctor looked at me and said, well, this can't be right. A calorie is a calorie. Right. And I was like, I know I'm frustrated as well. What is going on? And I asked the doctor, do you think it could be the SSRIs? Because I was already frustrated. One month not losing weight, two months not losing weight. Like I was already Googling this stuff. You know, I was on top of it. And he said, uh, no, it can't possibly, possibly be the SSRIs. That couldn't do it. There's something wrong here. You're not logging your calories correctly or something. Like you're not being accurate enough. Well, I'm a perfectionist, so that's bullcrap. <laughs> like I was, I was very much on top of it. So and then also with my son being special needs, I, I had to worry about like the insurance, you know what I mean? For him, the medical insurance. So I can't lose my job. Like my son is depending on me to make sure that I lose the weight so I can stay in the military. And so that was weighing heavily on my mind. So I went home and talked to my husband and he's like, you know what? We'll wean off the SSRIs together and see if that's the issue, because I've seen how much work you've been putting in and it doesn't make sense. And so without the doctor knowing, I did it on my own. I weaned off, I cut the pills in half, you know, and then I started taking them every other day and then every two days. And uh, within a month, I lost 30 pounds after I was off the SSRIs. So, I mean, that just goes to tell you what medication can do as far as weight. So then I was finally a healthy weight for the military. I was off the weight program and they were like, good job, you did great, you know? And, and then I was a healthy weight up until my third child, <laughs> uh, my son, Johnny, at that point, you know, he got into physical therapy, he got into occupational therapy, he got into all kinds of different therapies. And we were working with the doctors to control his seizures. You know, he was having seizures about 50 times a day at one point. So it was kind of a lot to take. So we had to get that figured out. There was a lot going on. And, you know, I did keto during this point. And it did work as soon as I got off the SSRIs. And then we said we were done with kids and we weren't going to have any more. <laughs> but that changed when I had my daughter in 2021. So fast forward and my daughter was born August of 2021. And once again, I gained a lot of weight. Now I was keto most of my pregnancy and because I didn't want to have to go through that again. And so I actually gained less weight with my daughter than I did my second son, but I still gained a significant amount of weight. And when I was done being pregnant with her, and by the way, she ended up being a very healthy little girl. So there was no issues with her birth. We had a C-section and um, it was an emergency C-section, but it doesn't matter because she's healthy. <laughs> so um, that was interesting though, just on that real quick, because obviously you had a bit of a instinct in you had a feeling that. Yeah. So you know, after my son was born, I wanted to know why what happened had happened as far as his oxygen uh, deprivation. So I learned how to read fetal monitor strips. And when I saw her fetal monitor strip, it looked similar to the situation that had taken place with my son. Turns out the cord was wrapped around her neck and my instincts were right. I was reading the fetal monitor properly and the doctor you know, was against me on that, told me I didn't need a C-section. I demanded one. 
and turns out I was correct. And he said that I made the right call. So it turned out that actually, you know, his, you know, his downfall as far as his birth ended up helping her because of all of the work I put into, into learning why it had happened in the first place. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's such a fascinating story. So yeah, like you say, when you had, you had the third kid then, and then you said you gained some weight. It was still a pretty significant amount of weight that you gained after your daughter. Yeah. So yeah, I was 238 pounds pregnant. And then I was about 200 pounds after she was born. So I lost, you know, 38 pounds in, you know, water weight, water retention when you're pregnant and, you know, the placenta and the baby and all that stuff. So, but yeah, I was still, I was like 200 pounds and the C-section didn't heal properly. So even though she was healthy, I was very much not healthy. So what ended up happening was two weeks after my daughter was born, my surgical wound had opened back up and it was extremely infected. I had to go into the hospital holding a towel over my stomach because of how much pus was just flowing out of it. It was really gross. Sorry to be so descriptive. That's all good. (laughs) But um, it was it was bad. They were shocked. It made sense because I couldn't lift my right leg. It was my right side that was suffering a lot of pain for the that two weeks. And so they had to clean it all out. And I had like a gaping hole basically in my stomach from where the surgical wounds did not close. And that lasted eight months. So I had an eight month open wound in my stomach before it closed. And there's an interesting story to that because it would not, I went through three rounds of antibiotics and it did not help. It kept getting reinfected and they were putting, I was repacking the wound twice a day and I had to put silver in it because silver actually kills bacteria. So there was all types of things I was doing and it wasn't getting better, wasn't getting better. And I, I was listening to Ben Azadi for the first time and he kept talking about inflammation and I'm like, well, that's kind of what I have. Cause like my surgical scar was, and, and wound was completely inflamed constantly, just super red. And I'm like, I wonder if it's the sugar I'm putting into my body. Like, I wonder if that's making this worse. Like maybe I can't heal because of how I'm eating. So I had already started going keto, but once again, I was doing dirty keto like I did after my second son. I'm like, no, I'm going to go clean keto. Like I'm going to do just whole foods and I'm going to get rid of the, you know, the pretend keto package stuff at the store. I was going to ask you, sorry to interrupt, give us an example of dirty keto versus clean keto. Well, dirty keto would be like they have um, they have all these desserts that are in boxes at the store. So it'll be like a Reese's cup or it'll be like a... Um, a caramel cluster bomb, or it'll be, uh, they have keto cereal as well. Okay. So essentially you're not really, it's not, it's low carb essentially. Cause you're not, it's, you're not going to go into ketosis with those foods generally, are you? It's going to be a no, lot you're harder. Not. You know what yeah, I mean? It's going to so, be a lot harder. Yeah, so it's, it's, not it's a more lot like bad. low carbs, but eating like processed, almost processed foods, not as bad as like ultra processed foods, but you're still having processed foods, right? Yeah. Essentially when, when people say dirty keto, they're buying ultra processed items that say keto at the store that truly aren't keto. So mm. I didn't know what keto truly meant until I started listening to Ben Azadi after my, my third child, after my daughter. So yeah, it was, I went true keto, I guess you could say then, you know what I yeah, mean? Okay. So they they call it, it clean, got but you. It, it's actually, you know, keto. And if you don't mind, you know, talking about this, but I know you had like the vaccine, right? So you had one of the vaccines and then basically you had some issues and that was what, 
pushed you. Well, actually, you went keto prior to that, right? And then you decided to go carnivore after you had. So it all it all connects. So yeah. yeah, it all it all connects. So I'm getting to that. So sorry. The, the, no, it's fine. You're good. Like that's exactly where I was going with this. So you're Sweet. totally on the right track. I read, I read, I read your mind. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, that's where I'm headed. So I had the issue with my my surgical, you know, wound. Obviously, well, I gotten the vaccine October of 2021, and my menstrual cycles just became abnormal after that. And I was told that it was not the vaccine. Turns out, in studies that they've done, you know, quite recently, that it does change your menstrual cycles quite a bit. A lot of women were experiencing it. And there was just no studies out there to prove it yet. So I went to the doctor and I, I told him, I said, look, you know, I went there for my, you know, surgical wound, obviously, and was like, this isn't healing. On top of that, my menstrual cycles are messed up. I was normally a 31 day cycle. They were 52 days. It's 52 days is something I've never experienced. You know, I'm 30 years old and this is the first time this has ever happened. And then the scariest part is I was having like anywhere from 30 to 50 blood clots a day coming out of my body. And I did not know why. And that's scary. And some of them, you know, they tell you if they're bigger than, you know, a golf ball that you should go to the hospital. And so that's why I went to the doctor because some of them were really quite large and I was scared. I was scared I was going to die. I heard people dying of blood clots from the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and I thought to myself, if I have this many blood clots in my menstrual cycle, are there other blood clots in my body? Like, am I going to die? I was terrified. And I was just, you know, I was kind of just swept aside by the doctors. They're like, oh no, you're fine. The vaccine doesn't cause that. I wouldn't worry about it. And I went back three times. I was terrified. And so I was listening to Ben Azadi and between my surgical wound not closing properly and between my menstrual cycle being so scary. He kept talking about inflammation and that is what made me go, you know, true keto. I was like, I need to get rid of whatever inflammation is going on inside of my body. Like it's the only thing I can think at this point that I have control over. And within about three months during doing keto, the real keto, that is my wound had closed up and my menstrual cycle started to slowly correct itself. So it went from you know, 52 days to 49 days to 45 days. So it was getting shorter and shorter and the blood clots were becoming less and less. And I'm like, wow, there's something to this. Something is working. First of all, my, you know, my surgical wound is getting better. It's less inflamed. It's closing like it's supposed to. And so, yeah, so I did keto for quite a long time up until October of 2022. I was doing keto and then those things just kept slowly correcting themselves. And I was pretty amazed by it. And then <laughs> I, October 31st came along. Do you know October 31st is Martin? <laughs> I know it's, uh, it's Halloween. It's Halloween. So October 31st of 2022, I decided to hit the big red button and we've talked about that, right? So I've been doing good for a long time and I was like, you know what? I deserve to have a treat. Well, I turned that, I hit that red button for two weeks. So, I mean, I won't call it, you know, it was just two weeks of me just saying, I'm going to eat whatever the hell I want. Right. At this point, my, my wound had closed. My menstrual cycles were almost all better, not quite, but almost completely back to normal and everything started to reverse. So within two weeks, my wound started to inflame again. 
it started to hurt to walk again. It was completely red. It was, it was terrible. And then my menstrual cycle that I had following me eating like crap for two weeks, went back to more blood clots. And I was like, okay, so this wasn't a time thing, right? Because people say, oh, you know, the doctors, especially they're like, oh, your wounds just healed because of time. And your menstrual cycle just got better because of time. And so in my head, I was thinking to myself, yeah, that, that could be true. Maybe it isn't the keto. Maybe it's not eating whole foods or staying away from sugar or controlling my glucose because I had a glucose monitor and I was trying to keep my glucose from spiking because the more your glucose spikes, the more inflammation there is in your body. And, you know, so I thought, well, maybe there's some truth to that. And I found out real fast that there's no truth to that. Not in my case anyways, that as soon as I went back to junk food, all those problems immediately reemerged in two weeks. And that's when I decided to go carnivore because at that point it had, you know, it had solidified my thoughts and feelings and the science that I had been reading in a lot of medical journals that no, this is, this is a thing. Like there is real chronic inflammation in the body. And if there wasn't, then I wouldn't be having, you know, issues with a scar, you know, at this point it's a scar, but it's inflamed. Like it's completely red. You know what I mean? And it hurts again. And so that's when I decided to go carnivore. So I went carnivore in November and my menstrual cycles were pretty much once again, getting better and better. And then my, my scar just stopped being inflamed and I, I will never go back. Like it was a long journey of calorie restriction and chronic cardio and a lot of, you know, dirty keto, I guess you could call it to realizing that in order to reach health and fitness, it's not necessarily about being skinny. And I think that really also I, I hurt my shoulder during all of that in 2021. And so I couldn't lift my son anymore. That pain went away when I started with you <laughs> on our, uh, our 90 day venture. But yeah, it was, it was a combination of things like health crisis. You know, I'm overweight. My shoulder hurts. My surgical wounds won't heal. My menstrual cycles are fucked up. Like I'm, I'm going to die of a blood clot. Like I need, <laughs> I need to fix this. And it really is sad that it, it got to that point, but started becoming more interested in the science of what happens inside of the body rather than what you look like on the outside. And I started listening to a lot of podcasts and I started reading a lot of medical journals and I just dove right in. I mean, I was listening to podcasts for probably like two hours a day because my drive to work was an hour there and an hour back. And then I was just reading constantly. And that's what brought me to keto and then eventually carnivore. And it's really changed my life. And I won't go back because like I saw the results, you know, I always wondered if it was the time, like the doctor said, but when I went back to eating ultra processed foods for those two weeks, I saw for certain that that was right. not the it case. It makes me laugh, right? Sorry about that. Like as if time's some sort of magical ingredient, right? It's <laughs> such a lazy answer, isn't it? You, know yeah. like, you can't get a lazier answer. Than it. It's just time. Oh my God. Yeah. But make a, make a bit more effort, would you mate? But no, yeah. with where you're at, and just for some context for the audience, obviously Carissa has just completed 90 days of the program. We're going to talk about the absolutely insane transformation she's had. But I'm curious to know when we started back at the end of January, obviously you'd been carnival for two months at that point. I'm curious yeah. to know where you were at, how you were feeling at that point uh, where you decided, right, I need help. Like, how were you feeling then? Because I know you said you were getting results, but you were mm -hmm. still really frustrated and almost a bit disappointed, right? Yeah. So I was happy that my 
you know, my surgical scar had finally gotten better. And I was happy that I was able to get down to a manageable weight, you know, and because I was 150 at the time. So that was pretty good for me. But my my shoulder still hurt. So I had injured my my shoulder back in April of 2022. And I couldn't lift my son. And at this point, my son, he is seven years old, and he's disabled, so he can't walk. And I am in charge of doing his baths, taking him to physical therapy, you know, just dancing around with my son in the living room, just picking him up and, you know, having a good time watching TV and taking him to the park, going for walks. These are the normal everyday things you should be able to do with your kid that I was having a hard time doing because of my chronic shoulder pain and not being strong enough. I left the, uh, the U.S. Coast Guard in September of 2022 so I could be my son's primary caretaker. I wanted to be with him. And I realized very quickly that I was not as strong as my husband as far as being able to get him from A to B. And it was, it was damaging my relationship with my son because I couldn't be with him in the way that I wanted to be. So I started to try and get into the gym, but I really only knew like the four core lifts which is deadlift, overhead press, bench, and, and squat. Those were the four things I knew. That was pretty much it. And, you know, I knew about progressive overload, but I didn't feel like I was progressing at all. It was always the same weight when I went to the gym, or it was only a little bit more, and then I'd go backwards. And I was still having that shoulder pain. And so I've been thinking about hiring a coach for quite a while. So it was New Year's resolution, as everyone calls it. So now it's January of 2023. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm seeing all of these Instagram coaches pop up, right? Of course, they're going to pop up. It's New Year's resolution time. So here they all are. And there's just coach after coach. And I'm like, no, I don't really like that coach. because It's all about calorie restriction. And I'm totally past that point in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to starve myself. And then I'd see another coach and then they'd be like, oh, eat your greens, eat your vegetables. And I'm like, they're not going to support the choices I'm going to make, you know, as far as being carnivore, I'm going to hear it from them. So it was a lot of coaches that I was looking at that just weren't going to support, you know, what I wanted to do. And then I heard you on a carnivore uh, podcast and I was like, oh, he's cool. Like I'll, I'll follow him on Instagram. And I I looked over your page a little bit, but I think I was busy with the kids. So I honestly kind of like scrolled a little bit and then was done. And then you reached out to me. I think it was what, mid-January you reached out to me? So, um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you were saying, you know, you were asking me about my journey and you were asking me like, and I, I don't the know what it was. The change as well. I think I asked you straight away, didn't I? Why is it important to you? Your real reason to change. And yeah, you exactly. Into it yeah. And your reason you know, obviously, as you just talked about then, you know, in terms of like how much of a driver you had to really change, right, with your son and everything else. And that yeah. was the main reason for you to kind of level up, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah, no, I was at that point, you know, like, okay, I, I lost the weight, my menstrual cycle is correcting itself. And, you know, I no longer have the surgical scar issue, but I still can't lift my disabled son, I can't get him into the car, this is a problem. And I don't want to fail him as a mother. And you know, he's going to rely on me even as he gets bigger. And so that's why I've been thinking about hiring a coach. And then you reached out to me and I, I kind of looked at your, your stuff and you looked like you were pretty animal based from what I could tell, you know, and then I was like, okay, so maybe he'd be okay with that then. So that was nice. And then I saw, I heard reverse dieting a couple of times in your podcasts. And I was like, 
ooh, reverse dieting. What, what is that? I've heard it, but what is it? So I, I Googled the meaning of reverse dieting and I'm like, okay, so he's not all about 1200 calories a day. This is good. So then I asked you, I said, do you want to, do you have a spot open? Do you want to be my coach? And you know, then I started the 90 day program and holy crap, I've never made so many strength gains. I am lifting my son now and my shoulder doesn't hurt anymore, which is fantastic. Cause that was, that was a chronic issue. April until when I started the program and it started to feel better. I mean, that was eight months of pain. Yeah. And we fixed I mean? that in like literally a week or two, right? So if you yeah, want to mind, like, what would you say within the first 30 days? Like, what yeah. did you notice in terms of results? You know, you obviously had your shoulder, you had a lot of fat loss, strength gains. You know, you said your son felt like a feather, right? And he was weighing yeah. over 50 pounds at that point, even all yeah. within the first four weeks, right? We went straight into a heavy lifting phase as well, didn't we? So within two weeks, I was able to lift my son and put him in the bath without my shoulder hurting. So within the first week, I noticed that my pain was pretty much gone with the exception of that every once in a while, like it would be like flare up, you know what I mean? Where it'd be like, oh, a twinge, like it would hurt a little. But within two weeks, it was completely gone. Like I had no more shoulder pain. I was absolutely floored. And I think it was honestly the band sessions that we did. I think that it was getting more mobility into that, that shoulder and you know what I mean? Working it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's amazing because I did physical therapy for six weeks and it did not do that. So within two weeks of your program, my shoulder was healed, but physical therapy couldn't do it in six weeks. So figure that one out. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> strength and mobility though as well, right? Cause you're doing specific strength stuff as well to actually get stronger. Uh, yep. But at the same time as a fine line, right? Between getting stronger and causing more damage, but obviously you managed to reverse it. Sorry. Yeah. You were saying. Yeah, no, yeah, no, you're fine. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm, I was super excited. I was like, okay, this is totally worth it. Like within two weeks, I, I just knew that I had to go like hardcore into this program and, and not fuck it up because I really wanted to be there for my son. And I was like, okay, let's, let's keep this going, this momentum going. I lost 10 inches in the first month. So yeah, that's a uh, superficial goal or I guess achievement. However, and that's like one dress size, essentially, isn't it? Yeah, I lost a dress. Yeah. I, yeah, I lost a dress size in. Yeah, um, and that's the side effect. Months. I know you say it's superficial, but again, I always talk about this every every podcast, basically. But <laughs> that essentially is the byproduct, didn't it, of you getting stronger and some of the stuff we'll talk about now with reverse dieting. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. I was I was shocked. I think you were too. Honestly, I was. Yeah. Just like to be honest, I was. I mean, I never know <laughs> shocked because I see these results uh, all the time. But this level of results, right? Considering where you're already at. It's not like, you know, just for some context, it's not like you were huge to start with. Yes, you were overweight, but right. you know, to lose that much. But yeah, that goes, that that comes down to like the level of work you put in really as well. Like the, uh, but I think it was just a, a, it's something you've never done before, right? So it was novelty and it was just a strategic approach, right? You'd struggled your whole life, which most people listening to this, by the way, uh, will be able to totally resonate with in terms of like, it sounds like on paper, I need to cut calories and do more exercise or move more. Everyone knows that it doesn't work like that. It's very complex um, with metabolism. But yeah, so you were saying 10 inches and one dress size. Obviously, you yeah. fix your shoulder. Uh, you can yeah. carry your, your, your boy felt like a feather. So you felt strong enough to, and was that like, so with him, you just noticed when you were carrying him around to take him into the bath and stuff like that. And did you notice as well when you, because his wheelchair weighs like 70 pounds as well, right? So yeah, yeah, his wheelchair is pretty heavy, but like with carrying him, he's like he's dead weight. You know what I mean? Like he can't support himself. So a normal child that you pick up, you know, they'll grab onto your neck or they'll kind of hold their own torso up. He can't do that. So a lot of times the issue is my forearms weren't strong enough. So I hold him like a baby, even though he's seven years old, you know, to carry him from one place to the other. 
and you know, my forearms would start to burn or my shoulder would start to hurt, or even my, I was having a lot of lower back pain issues with having to bend over and pick him up all the time. And so the, the back pain went away, shoulder got better. My forearms don't burn anymore when I'm carrying him because they're strong enough. And, um, it was, it was a huge, it was a huge difference. I was, I was pretty shocked. And then even now, like if you move from the 30 days to let's say 90 days where I am now, I can dance with him. I can hold him and dance around the living room with him. I can carry him upright instead of like a baby. So even though he can't support himself, I can hold him like you normally would a seven-year-old child because I'm strong enough to support him. And I just brought him to his physical therapy appointment yesterday. And, you know, it's, you know, you got to get him from the house to his, you know, to the car and from the car into his wheelchair and from the wheelchair into physical therapy. And you got to, you know, we practiced walking and all those things were easy. And before it wasn't, it was, it was very, very hard. And it's just when you have um, a special needs child or a, a disabled child like I have, you want to be there for them so that they can be the best that they possibly can be. And it was, it's surreal because I feel like my relationship with my son has gotten better because I can be there for him physically more than I was able to before. And I think that is probably like the most, it's just the most amazing thing. Like I don't even have words for it, honestly. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And yeah, I'd like to ask you as well, because I'm really curious to know like what was kind of going through your head, you know, what were you telling yourself before you actually started? Because a lot of people have like, you know, they have like fear of failure. They have a lot of like psychological barriers and whatnot. And I'm just really curious to know what you were telling yourself, you know, about starting before you started, you know, before you actually embarked on the 90 days. Uh, before I started, I, in my head was telling myself, you are going to, you're failing as a mother and you need to get your shit together because you are able to walk and you are able to talk and he is not, and you are his voice and you are his legs and you better figure something the fuck out. I was angry at myself. I wasn't talking very nicely to myself. I was pretty pissed off at myself, honestly, because I have way more opportunity and ability to do the things that need to be done than my son will ever have. And I wasn't doing them. And at first it was fine because he was a baby. Babies are light. You know what I mean? Two-year-olds are light. Even three and four-year-olds are light. And then he became six. And then he recently just turned seven. And he's not that light anymore. And, you know, you think you always have time. It's like, oh, one day I'll get strong enough when, you know, I'll keep up with it until you haven't kept up with it. And now he's too heavy to lift. And I was pretty darn hard on myself. And I knew I had to make a change so that I could be a better mother for him. Yeah, that's such a powerful like reason to change, right? And it's why I always talk about, you know, the body does need to be the byproduct. And obviously everyone's not everyone's gonna have like a why as deep as that, right? But the reality is just to lose a few pounds, it's not gonna cut it when it comes to uh, long-term results, you know what I mean? But yeah, that's uh, really, so I was going to ask you as well, in terms of like where you're at now, like so obviously 90 days later, you've dropped three dress sizes and 30 inches, right? Which is absolutely insane. We were just talking off air. It's it's still mind blowing, even for me, you know, it's insane. Yeah. But what is it you kind of like, I'm just curious to know what you loved about the program that you weren't expecting to like, because a lot of people, they ask me about like how the program works, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's just better coming from a client, you know? Yeah. Well, 
So I'll, I'll basically say three things. A, it doesn't take that much time in the gym. I like, I'm a mom of three, so I have other things that I have to do. The fact that it only took me, I mean, some workouts were 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Other ones lasted a little bit longer if I was trying to like learn the workouts, you know, obviously, because it'd be my first time doing a certain type of workout. But for the most part, about 45 minutes on average. And then the band sessions only last like 10 to 12 minutes. So that wasn't a big deal on those days. The fact that I wasn't spending hours in the gym was really nice because, and I've always brought this up P90X, you know, you're sitting there for an hour and a half, you know, lifting weights, you know, every single day. And it's like, I don't have time for this. You know what I mean? You can make time with this program. This, this program isn't going to completely take up your entire day and like take over your life. And then all you are is at the gym constantly. So, and you're still going to make some serious strength gains. At least I did. And that was what was really nice. I was really consolidating my time. I was making the most out of that 45 minutes and pushing it. You know what I mean? And then that was it. Then I was done. Got went showered, got dressed and I got to go on with my day. So that's what's the, that's the first thing. Second thing is I'm not starving myself. I'm not down to 1200, 1400 calories a day. I got tired of that. I was okay with it, you know, when I was younger and I was busy, but I was more concentrated on being skinny. Now I'd rather be strong and lean, which is completely different. And I don't want to be sitting there having to count every single gram. You know what I mean? That I put into my mouth. I would much rather be okay with, you know, a 1900 to 2100 calorie goal. You know what I mean? Or even more than that in the future, if, if so be it to gain more muscle, but I was so done with the starvation diets. So that's the second thing that I really loved about this program is it really is about nutrition and it's about nourishing your body, not starving it. So that's the second thing. The third thing is just the, the strength gains, like being able to pick up my son. That was, that was great. Like I just, I couldn't progress before I was lifting the same weight every time I went to the gym and I didn't know how many reps I should be doing. I didn't know, you know, what, how heavy I should be lifting, but the, the app in the program, it tells you like, these are the workouts you're going to do. This is your rep range. This is how long that your reps should last. And that was nice because I had direction. I had a map, you know, I, I wasn't guesswork anymore. It was okay. This is the roadmap. All I have to do is follow it. And so that was really nice too, because then you see the progression, you see that you're actually making gains, you're, you're actually making personal bests or personal records, and you are getting stronger and that feels good too. So that was the, that was the third thing I, I probably loved the most. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. No, I wanted to share that because I know you were going to talk about the nutrition element, which is what we always talk about. And yeah. you're a prime example of, you know, drop three dress size. And again, these are secondary in terms of your son and your strength and everything else, which is number one. But these three dress sizes, 30 inches, et cetera, within 90 days, but not being restricted either, not cutting back by, like I always say, by adding in, right? So you have to be strict. Like Carissa makes it sound quite easy here as well, right? I want to give you full credit. You put a hell of a lot of work in. And like you said to one of the clients the other day, you've been about 90% consistent, right? Would you say for the audience, give or take? Yeah, 90% for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 90%. So that just goes to show, right? So she had these results being 90% consistent for that 90 days. And the results have been like life-changing, right? So it's all about, like I always say, consistency over perfection. 
So Carissa really put the work in, really got after it and really took it extremely seriously. Like you just said then at the start of the program, you had a chat with yourself and you're like, right, I'm going to give absolutely everything because I am not going to fail my son, essentially, right? And that was yeah. the number one driver for you. And if you could go back in time, right? I'm curious to see what your answer would be here. If you could go back in time to say, I don't know, December, a month before you started, what do you wish you could tell yourself? So I kind of look at it as monkey's paw. I don't think I would tell myself anything. You know, I think that we all go through things in life that make us who we are today. And I'm glad that I found you when I found you. It was right time. It was the right timing. And any client that you end up with, I think it's going to be the right timing for them. They're just going to know that it's time. I think that it's one of those things where I I think everybody has been through some type of diet or weight loss journey if they've struggled with their weight, right? And you know, people have tried being vegetarian, they've tried being vegan, they've tried calorie restriction, they may have tried intermittent fasting, they may have tried, you know, different types of the keto, or maybe they're trying carnivore now. And I think that the journey is kind of just ends up with you at the end. I guess that that makes any sense. If they're going to be your client, that's where they're going to end up. And I'll be there at the right time. So if I were to go back a month, I'd probably leave myself alone and be like, you got this. She's got this, <laughs> you know? So, cause you know, with monkey's paw, if you go and you change something back in time, then you have to pay a price, right? Because then you'll have changed something else. And maybe if I had told myself something about the program, then maybe I wouldn't have taken you on as a coach, perhaps, you know what I mean? Like just because mm. so, yeah. But um, another interesting thing, sorry to interrupt, another interesting thing you said to me, which I've got to be mindful of is like, you know, you look at the amount of followers, I got like almost 50K followers or whatever, you look at almost the status, right? Which you said, to me, I don't see that, obviously, I'm just a, like you said before, I'm just a normal person, just like everyone else. But people see that and then they're like, almost like really fearful then of like, oh, you know, I'm not going to be good enough almost, right? That's what you said to me, which is interesting. Like, oh, you know, I, I and then when I reached out to you, you were like shocked, right? You're like, oh my God, I can't believe it's strange. I don't see, I don't look at it like that, but people do look at, you know, status and stuff. Okay. So this is, this is what happened. So I'm sitting in my living room and you messaged me <laughs> and my voice note as well, just so people know, this is not like a robot. This is me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah no, this, this is actually Martin. So you messaged me and I'm sitting next to my husband. And so I, I start messaging you back and I'm like all excited. Right. And he looks over at me and he goes, He's like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, you're not going to believe this. And I'm like, I'm like, Martin Silva just wrote me and he's asking me about my journey and stuff. And like, he's this cool fitness coach. And I heard about him on, you know, this carnivore podcast. And I can't believe he's talking to me. But yeah, no, you had so many followers that I was just like, I didn't reach out because I was like, ah, he's too famous. Like he's got, he's won all these competitions. Like he must only train like the super elite, not the, uh, the mom who stays home with three kids and, you know, runs a business from home. That's, that's not who he trains. You know what I mean? Like you're probably doing like pro athletes is kind of like what my thoughts were. And so I, when you reached out to me, I was, I was shocked. I was very excited. I was like, Oh my God, this famous person actually gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> famous. It's so funny. That would, no, it's funny you say that because I actually have trained some semi-pro athletes and bodybuilders for the stage. And I absolutely hate it to be honest, training athletes. Believe it or not, they're actually, like a lot of the times, not all the time, they're actually the hardest people to train. It's an interesting thing for the audience because they have this kind of mind, especially when it comes to like getting them to do strength training and improve their relationship with food, those kind of things, because 
they haven't had to worry a lot of them about nutrition because they've been athletes and they, a lot of them have just eaten like shit, essentially. Maybe sometimes they might go for phases, but because they're burning so many calories and they're athletes, they haven't had to think about that. Uh, and also it's, they always want to do way more than they need to, to get results. They always go, and you have to constantly pull them back and pull them back. And like, I don't think I'm going, don't feel like I'm going hard enough. So, you know, it's not all good. People always think like athletes are really healthy. Just, I think it's an interesting point. Actually, most of the time, they're the most unhealthy people because they have had to take things so, not that I've trained any world-class athletes, but just in general, athletes have to push things so far and push the boundaries so much that it's not healthy. There's no balance in their life. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I, and I train people like Carissa, you know, obviously coach, sorry, I coach people like Carissa who generally the kind of niche that I have is, is people like yourself who are, you know, ambitious people who really want to kind of like unlock their true potential, right? So already, you know, I do coach like general population as well, but uh, Chris is the kind of person I like to coach because again, there's, there's tons of type A personalities, right? In OYB, people who, who generally like to get after it, but they've struggled with all or nothing. Like some of the stuff you were talking about before, uh, relationship with food and exercise and those kind of things they've struggled with. And really it's like the big shiny red off button they struggle with, right? Pressing that off button and not being able to, you know, be consistent enough and basically get the results that they want, right? So that's really, but someone who's really willing to change ultimately is the person I like to work with, someone who's really willing to to level up and to reinvent themselves. Because it's, if it was as simple as just training and diet and or calories and macros, you know, everyone, I always say this, but everyone would be walking around, you know, shredded in tip-top shape. But we know that's not the case. It's behavioral change. We didn't even mention the fact that you quit smoking on this program as well. It's worth <laughs> yeah. it's worth mentioning that as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, well, I, was gonna, I can edit it out if you don't want me to include that, but I have now. It's too late. Now nah, you're an open book anyway, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, well, I quit smoking in the past, so I knew how to do it. It was just a matter of doing it, and I was ready. So it, it's a big accomplishment, but for me, the whole like gaining strength and stuff like that was more of an accomplishment just because this is, I guess this is a new path. You know what I mean? It's a new journey. And so, yeah, but no, I did quit smoking that it wasn't easy. It was hard, but you know, I know I was worried when you said, yeah, I'm just going to quit altogether. I'm like, shit, she's putting so much on herself now, but you've done it yeah. and you're in the bud. So hats off to you. Um, so yeah, just to kind of wrap this up there now. So just, I'd like to know, and just for the audience now, like all in all now with your confidence, your energy, your strength, like how are you feeling right now in comparison to how you're feeling like 90 days ago, just so people know when they really prioritize their health, you know, the, the difference in your life is night and day, literally. I have so much more energy than I did before, like way more energy. Like I am just more productive in everything. I'm more productive as a mother. I'm more productive in my business. I'm more productive as a wife. I have the energy to take time from my kids, my husband and my job. In a way, it's not that I wasn't doing it before, but I, I put myself into it more. I put my heart and my mind into it more than I was before. I don't feel like I'm kind of just off in the distance, but present. You know what I mean? I'm not in the clouds. I'm actually present fully with my family and with my job. And that has been like the biggest thing as far as energy. Obviously, I lost three dress sizes. I fit in all my clothes again. It's freaking fantastic. I'm happy about that. I can't even stress enough how amazing it is that I've reconnected with my son because I can pick him up and I'm stronger. It's, it's hard. Like it's, I don't have the words for it. Obviously I'm going to continue with this program. I'm not stopping. If I didn't think it worked or I thought that I got, you know, just lackluster results, I'd be like, Oh, thanks Martin. That was an awesome 90 days. Have a good life, but I'm still here. 
that goes to say something. And you signed up for another year just for some context. Yeah, I, I signed up for another year. And so that means it works. I'm not going to, you know, put my time and energy into something that I don't think is worth it. And obviously it has impacted my life in such a positive way that I'm sticking with it. And so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the program in a nutshell. It's amazing. Awesome. And just one more quick question before we wrap this up. What would you say the biggest lesson you've learned just over the last 90 days, let's say the biggest lesson that you've learned that you've learned from or biggest mistake or lesson, anything that kind of comes to mind? I know this has thrown you a bit, so take your time. <laughs> no, like the biggest lesson is that this is, is, is discipline, but I don't think people talk about discipline in the way that I think about it. So we talk about motivation and we talk about how discipline is different and that you need that in order to get results or make changes in your life. I feel like discipline is basically creating habits to change the person that you are. So when you do something over and over again, it becomes a habit. That's basically discipline. And they say it takes, you know, six weeks or 12 weeks to change a habit. And then it changes you as a person because you know, you can't change everything in your life all at once. Obviously I've been through a really long journey and I didn't go straight from ultra processed foods to carnivore in one day. That's not what happened. If you heard my story, you know, that I went through a whole bunch of different diets and I tried a whole bunch of different exercise programs and it was about changing things one at a time. And I think that people think that when they're disciplined, they have to change everything all at once. And it's just the biggest lesson I learned is that no, discipline is concentrating on changing a habit in your life one at a time over and over again until you've changed the person that you are today. Love that. Let's uh, call it a day there because that was absolutely gold. So thanks for coming on, my friend. And I'm going to add your, by the way, Insta um, Carissa has shared her whole 90-day journey on Instagram. But not only that, even prior to the 90 days, her content is incredible. So you have to go check her out. I'm going to add all this in the show notes, my friend, anyway. But where can the audience find you? They can find me at uh, Carnivore Carissa on Instagram. And I'm also on Facebook under the same name. But yeah, if you can find me either on Facebook or Instagram. Awesome. Thanks again, my friend. It was great to chat. Yeah. Thanks, Martin. <laughs>